Bulls Gold is delivered to you via the Barroom Network, now in its seventh year of providing podcasts about Chicago sports, movies, and more. Make sure to subscribe to the Barroom Network for free and easy downloads of its programming. And visit its merchandising store at deepdishtees.com to purchase t-shirts, hoodies, and mugs. Now, on with the show. Welcome to Bulls Gold on the Barroom Network. I'm Salim Sutterwala, and as always, I am joined by Edward Schuler Jr. Ed, how are you doing today? I I don't know why I uh, <laughs> I skipped on your last name there, but uh, uh, obviously you know how to I know how to pronounce your last name. But uh, how, how are you doing, man? No, I I am all good, man. We are a few days away from the NBA draft. The Bulls still have no picks, but that could change, or that could just stay the same, but we'll see. But I'm in good spirits, man. Whatever happens, happens. And again, I, I continue my all season that I don't really have any expectations for what this team is going to do. And I will be pleasantly surprised one way or the other. I think it's good to have expectations with this team to be disappointed. So <laughs> then when they do something, you're like, yes, something good happened. Even if they're right. like on 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 Thursday, just they all they do is buy a second round pick. I'll be like, God, you did something. I'm yeah. happy. Like you know, like if, if something we'll positive buy, come of it. We'll buy a second round pick on Thursday. I mean, we're gonna act like it's one of the biggest stories that's happened in quite some time, and it actually would be because it would be the first move that the Bulls have made in. Quite some time, I think, trade-wise. So, I mean, theoretically. And, well, and the other thing will be, too, they'll they'll be able to – all everyone will be analyzing said player, you know, looking up, okay, what's this guy's, you know, reason he found the second or what's his what's his value, like what's his skill set, what can he be in the league, uh, if he has the opportunity to stick, you know, stick in the league. So that'll at least create some kind of conversation about that as opposed to the same old – conversation we've been having that's pretty much uh, a lot of uh, doom and gloom and to a degree doom and gloom is is reasonable but also it's kind of getting to a point where we need uh, we need something positive to uh, talk about right. um, I mean we're gonna have a mix of that today because the the guests we're bringing on it's a it's a it's a yin and yang you know duo uh that that you know they, they balance each other out well. I think they're they're probably one of the best duos in in sports out there right now. That they're, they're, they're perfect together. Uh, we love them. We've had them on countless times. Uh, they cover the Chicago Bulls for CHGO Sports. Matt Peck and Big Dave, fellas, thank you for joining us. How you doing? Hey guys, what's good? Going on. <laughs> Happy to be Hello. here as always. Uh, I'm offended if the assumption was that I am always the the doom 
and gloom side of this yin yang that you protest <laughs> David and I to be. Mm-hmm. I'm not always mad about everything. <laughs> from coming from the dude who says, My secret, Dave, is I'm always angry. <laughs> It's like oh. the different levels of anger. Like right now, you're just probably at a five. Oh. <laughs> no, this is like a three. Like honestly, a three. I, okay. I was I was getting dangerously close to like a nine or ten at the end yeah. of our show today, but oh yeah. Oh, now yeah. now we're home from work. I've poured myself a nice good local craft beer. Like I'm yeah. I'm I'm down I'm down to a five again. Yeah. All right. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll try we'll try to keep it at at a five, and uh, hopefully we won't get too angry. What? But we're talking about the bull, so it's it's about to get a, a, a little bit uh, testy in here. What was that? I think we could get up to like a six or a seven. We'll, we'll see. Uh, am I? Am I? If you, I, want, I, if you <laughs> want, I can I can get it up to an eight. We'll oh, see how. No. <laughs> I, I know how to get it up to an eight. But we'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes, man. But he's right. Like it's a yin and yang, but sometimes it, it flips and reverses and. I'm the angry one and he's the calm one or sometimes, which is scary for everybody, he and I both feel the exact same way. And that's very (laughs) terrifying for everyone involved, whether it's bad or good, when he and I are on the same page. That's terrifying. <laughs> it's, it's a memorable moment, moment, especially the Anazi Reed moment when you just went off. That was one of the best ever. When, when, when <laughs> Minnesota you were, put 150 on the Bulls, I was just beyond <laughs> mad. I was laughing my ass off, and Dave was on the warpath. Oh, my God. 150 <laughs> basketball points? <laughs> In a regulation game? <laughs> oh, my God. Not even overtime. Oh, God. Man, that was a tough night. That was a tough night, man. That was a tough night for me. But I made it through. You know what I'm saying? It took me a while, but I made it through. I mean, uh, I'm sure I'm sure we'll have much more classic moments with this team with, with between the both of you. But uh, let's get into some uh, talk here. There's a lot going on, obviously, even with uh, conversations around this team regarding what the Bulls will do. Uh, one of the big conversations right now is the Nikola Vucevic contract extension. Um, there's been random numbers been thrown around. I think like, I mean, you know, John Hollinger taken with a grain of salt, but he has this formula that he does. And then the general conversation was his value is probably over two years combined. It's like, so a two year, 25 to 30 million type of deal. Um, then a new rumor popped up where a lot of executives, a few executives, like unsourced executives, uh, supposedly are saying, well, they expect him to sign a three-year, $65 million deal. And that's a pretty big, you know, gap between the two figures right there. Um, looking at, at Vucha's situation, like, what would you guys prefer to see this, the, the extension look like? Or are you guys firmly in or one way or another as far as keeping Vucha letting or keeping him or, or figuring out a sign-and-trade situation? Uh, big Dave, why don't you go ahead and first uh, give us your thoughts? Uh, well, here's the thing. I don't want to pay him an exorbitant amount of money, uh, especially like a three-year deal where he's like 23, 25 million. And so by the time he gets like 35, that's what he's getting. Like, I don't want to do that. But the issue is the Bulls have put themselves in a corner because they really don't have an option here, in my opinion. The option was during the um, 
during the season when you got down to the trade deadline to actually make that move to trade Vooch and get something back for him. They didn't do that. They went to the offseason because obviously they want to re-sign him. You cannot let 18, 11, and 3 walk out the door. Like, you you just can't. I don't care what you feel about Vooch and his game and, oh, you don't like him, oh, he's bad shoot, whatever you feel, you know, about him. You can't let that kind of talent, those kind of numbers walk out of your door and give him nothing. Like, you can't do that as a team, especially when you continue to say, we want to get better. We want to be better. We want to make the playoffs. Well, you're not going to do that letting that walk out the door. It's going to become extra, very, very hard. And then who's your starting center? Drummond? Please, no. <laughs> I got no. Oh, God, no. So you, huh. you, they put themselves in a position, uh, Celine, where they can't, in my opinion, make any other decision but to pay him. And then at the same time, we don't know what his value is around the league. So they they have to just since they get in the first crack at it they got to set the they got to set the pace of it so they're going to have to give him more than maybe the league wants to give him or teams around the league want to give him they've got to set the market for it you know what i mean because it's on them to to keep him they're in a tough position so bottom line no they can't let him walk out the door for nothing but no i don't want to give him a ridiculous contract i'm okay with him staying but yeah they just i don't want them to give him a, a ridiculous amount of money Man, how about you? What are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I agree with Dave's notion that it it's – I mean, the optics would be really bad if the Bulls just let Vooch walk uh, because they can't come to terms. Um, it's not like they could use the money they would pay Vooch to keep him elsewhere. Um, you know, that they can retain him and pay him, but it's not like they can free up cab space by letting him walk. So letting him walk would be a bad look. I don't, I don't hate the idea of Vooch sticking around if we are stuck with the run-it-back option because otherwise, who's your starting center? Like, is, is it Andre Drummond? If, if, you know, assuming he picks up his player option, as he said he plans to do. Um, we heard Vooch say in his season-ending press conference that comfort for him and his family will be an important factor in this decision that he's making as an unrestricted free agent. Um I know, you know, he and his uh, wife just welcomed another baby like earlier this month. Uh, So, you know, that family comfort is probably going to be a big priority for them. I don't want the Bulls to insult Vooch in these negotiations. But again, I think Dave's right in that, especially when you look at the teams that actually have cap space coming up this summer, none of them make a lot of sense as teams that would go out and offer big, like multi-year kind of offer sheet to Vooch. So, here, like, I think the the best best scenario for the Bulls and for Vooch is either a modest but not insulting multi year deal with a decent average annual salary somewhere in the fifteen million dollar range, uh, maybe creeping to, to twenty because the Bulls can still do that while staying under the tax line, or another option that I haven't heard people float out there that often, if at all, that I don't think is terrible is saying to Vooch, here's 20-something on a one-year deal to stick around and see if we can get this right this year and do better this year, and you can still be our Ironman starting center. And if the Bulls get to the trade deadline next season, 
and things aren't looking great, then maybe Vooch's expiring deal is actually a desirable thing on the trade market for a handful of various teams out there. And then that way, at the end, you won't have had to lose him for nothing and you wouldn't have to overpay him. I think I think what you guys are saying is is pretty much spot on. Um, letting him walk would be one thing if the bull if like letting him walk meant you're creating cap space. That's an option because then maybe you can say, okay, well then I can use that cap space to fill out other needs or go sign like a rim protector that would be cost less, and then maybe add a shooter. But they can't do that because it's not going to create cap space by letting him walk. Um, obviously, the sign and trade option is a little more tricky because in the end it has to be. It's a tougher when you know he's he's unrestricted and there's so many so few teams that might actually be up for a service considering when you consider the fact that he wants to be on a team that's probably a playoff team at least. And then you look at okay, well which teams would make sense? Um what pecking order is he in as far as like level of like priority for those teams like Dallas a lot of us talked about Dallas, for example, as a team that would make sense for Vooch. But they might have a couple of guys that they're prioritizing. Obviously, Kyrie is one of the people they're prioritizing, and I mean, it's easier for them to keep extend him. But then there was a LeBron rumor, and I could be complete BS, but maybe they're serious about seeing if they can make that work. And then there's probably other one or two other things that they might say, okay, well, we were prioritizing before we get to, okay, Vooch, for example. So it's always that's tough to me as well and like i'm with dave too like signing him to a big deal i personally am fine if they want to do a three-year deal but the third year has to be a team option like it can't be it cannot be guaranteed money you cannot give three boots a three-year 65 million dollars guaranteed all three seasons uh not at his age like if he was 28 yeah okay i can i can ride with that but no he he's too old and i think while he's good, like I don't know how much how he's going to continue to like decline as you know the next on that third year especially. So that's where I'm at. Which, like I said, I prefer the sign trade route, but I get that it's that's tough. Uh, but if they do do the extension, I would prefer a two year deal at the most. And like I said, if it's a three year deal, it has to be team option for the third year. Yeah, this this whole thing has been like really tricky because. Like like David Matt was saying, if if they want to run this back, and all of this is really being just held together by like glue and duct tape, if you really want to like run this back, you have to keep Boosh. If you let Boosh go, then I don't know how you run this back. You you get nothing for him, and like you said, you get Andre Drummond, which Andre Drummond is entertaining, but he's not your starting. Uh, well, I don't know. I want to see 30 plus minutes of Andre Drummond every night. Like, I, <laughs> oh my God. I, I like Drummond in his smaller role. Like, he comes in, do rebounds, play with energy, but the, the moment he starts acting goofy, like, dude, go sit back on the bench. I, I, <laughs> like, I tried to, to convince Dave of the Andre Drummond experience, but I, I feel like I, I don't really have a whole lot to, to give him now. So, you know, saw what I meant. You saw what I meant, right, Ed? Like, you saw what I was talking about, right? Yeah, like, so, yeah, uh, that, that is that is our option right now. So, to me, the three-year, $61 million deal is it's not terrible. Like, average annual salary, I think that's, that's, like, slightly less than what he was getting last year, I believe. But 
Um, I, I agree with Salim. I think if you do that type of deal, then you need to have some type of team option or non-guarantee on the third year. And it has to be a really tradable contract. So it, it has to be structured in a way where if this thing falls apart again, then they can get out of this contract through a trade market or just by an extra year, but really isn't very consequential. But overall, Booch is still a very good offensive player at the center position and a okay-ish defensive player, not going to give you great value there. So he's still a pretty good player, and he's going to be a 17, 11, 18, 11. Whatever. He'll be a double-double next year. He'll shoot the ball reasonably well. So he's still a good player, and you can't lose good players for nothing, especially when you're trying to do what the Bulls are doing, which is just hang on for dear life. <laughs> <laughs> and that's well, key one thing I- saying, though, uh, Celine, that's very key because – the Bulls have picked their lane as far as what they want to do, as far as being a competitive team and whatever that means, you know, whether it means play in, whether it means eight seed, seven seed, six seed, whatever, but they want to be that team. And you're not going to be that kind of team without a guy like that on your squad. Like it's just not going to be that case. Um, That's just, it's too much talent to just say bye-bye to when that's your goal. Mm -hmm. And that's the only thing we're looking at here. And there's no other side to it. You know, there isn't a up and coming center, you know, that you can say, you know what, we'll put this on you, you know, like, it's all right. You know, he can walk out. We'll, you know, we'll groom you for it. It's okay. You can't say turn to Justin Lewis and say that, you know what I'm saying? Like I can't turn mm-hmm. to, to Drummond and say that, like I have to keep Vooch right here. And then after the season, I thought that he put up where he plays all 82 games, something he's never done. He plays all 82 games, you know, Averages what, like 17 and 11 or something like that? About Got his three-point shooting three. back up to 35, which 35, is respectable right. at least. Super like. respectable. Right. So what where you would kind of expect him to be is like around that 35% on, on like three attempts a game. Like that's exactly what you kind of want him to be. So for him to get back to that level and, again, to play all 82, I can't stress that enough. You're a top five defense and your starting center played all 82 games. Regardless of what you feel about him defensively or not, that's there is no trash defense with a trash center. You know, I'm sorry, there's no good defense with a trash center. Excuse me, yeah. but especially a top five that doesn't exist. You know what I mean? Like he obviously can do something within that at that level. It's too many pluses and not enough minuses for them to say, you know what, we're gonna we're gonna go another way on this one. When you're trying to be a team that's competitive, like you can't you can't do that when that's your goal. Like, you, you just can't, Celine. Like, it's, it's just not the case. Yeah. And the other thing I'd add on to is I think it makes sense, like, you, when Matt says doing, like, a one-year deal at $20 million, yeah. or even when I'm mentioning a partially guaranteed deal on their third year, because in today's era of – essentially, we're getting into an era of hard cap uh, around the league. Um, a lot of teams may get to a point where it's like, well, we need to cut salary because we aren't able to make certain other moves. And then at that point, Vooch's contract couldn't become – attractive to those type of teams so then yeah you can move him easily when it's a a deal that isn't something you know un, unreasonable type of deal like as if like a three-year guaranteed all three years guaranteed that's unreasonable and that'll be a tough to move him at that point but like i said it's a one-year deal or like a, t- a deal where the third year is team option only like a partial guarantee like a five million or something like that guaranteed or whatever have you you know, that can be something where you can work with and say, okay, well, we'll move, we'll be able to move Fooch because we know this other team may be able to take advantage of that, you know, 
shorter type of deal for sure. I still think it's fascinating though, that you said Hollinger's, um, his formula or whatever has, yeah, he has like a boards or something. And he, like, and then the, the, the conversation then became like, so his boards thing valued him at 8 million, but he was saying, okay, well, looking around the league, what centers are making right now at the top of center that Vuce is two years, 30 million makes sense. Mm-hmm. But then, uh, then other, the other conversation happened with like those executives, like, around the league where they always do that vague executives around the league uh, type of sourced uh, information where they said three years, 65 million is what they expect to sign. So obviously there's a lot of, you know, things being thrown on right there and maybe all of it should be taken with a grain of salt as far as the actual numbers, because we haven't seen official like conversations, right? Like Casey Johnson or Darnell Mayberry or even will or whoever have you, uh, hasn't really post like mentioned numbers, right? So actual numbers that the Bulls are talking. These have been all been speculative stuff between so sourced people. I'll say this though: if if Vooch would be willing to sign for fifteen million dollars annually, he's gone from Chicago. <laughs> like there will be a <laughs> sure, maybe, but the ben, but remember, Matt did bring up like he has a family here, his kid prioritizing those things. So, I mean, maybe that gives the Bulls a little bit of leverage, saying, okay, well, you know, I want to stay here because I, I my my family's settled into Chicago. I have a kid that just came up. I don't want to move across the country while my family's here. Yeah. So maybe that gives the Bulls a little bit of leverage in that sense. Yeah, in that sense, I could see it, but like, if you're getting, if you're getting below, if you're getting below market value, and at 15 million, he's a steal because like that's just what a little bit more than the MLE, I think, at this point. Yeah, yeah. teams would be like, yeah, I I'll take a double double center who can shoot the basketball for 15 dollars, <laughs> like of course, and Bush would be like, oh, I could potentially contend for a championship. Well, you yeah. know, maybe. Comfort be damned, like I'm gonna go to a better basketball team and compete. But yeah, at this point, I expect like he, he's gonna get a he's gonna get a good deal making around what he's worth. So, but yeah, 15 million. It's gonna be a bunch of there's gonna be a bunch of teams after that. If and if he does, you know, look around instead of just negotiating a deal with the Bulls and deciding mm-hmm. to stay here, maybe that's the one window where the Bulls could actually get something in a sign and trade. Yeah. I, you know, I see Bulls fans talking about that all the time. People in our comments talk about it on every show. Oh, just like sign and trade Vooch to this team for, you know, this young player, that young player, and like a future pick. And I'm like, what? Not how that what? works. What? <laughs> uh, look, I, I know Bulls fans are simultaneously maybe now as much as we've appreciated and loved watching DeMar DeRozan and what he's done in these two seasons – man, we still got to send a pick to San Antonio in a couple of years because of that. And it's right. like, uh, who were the Bulls bidding against in that when DeMar was a free agent? Vooch is a free agent. Mm-hmm. But if he decides that there is a better deal he likes between money, role, and team, more than what the Bulls are offering him here, maybe there's a way the Bulls can get something for themselves in that deal to help Vooch and that, and that team facilitate facilitate a sign and trade but I, I don't think it's nearly as likely as some bulls fans make it out to be mm-hmm. yeah for sure it, it's, it's it's very tough it is very tough like i 
I, I'll be upfront. I, I prefer a sign and trade, but I understand obstacles that land in front of do, like to do a sign and trade. And that's why I was so adamant at moving him at the deadline, especially seeing that it was a buyer's market or a seller's market or whatever you want to call it. Uh, Jakub Portal, who I like, is a good center, got a pretty nice return from the for from the Raptors. You got mm-hmm. a first round pick. The, the Raptors could have. I'm sure liked Vooch, and they could have both probably could have liked a similar, got a similar type of deal for Vooch. Probably better because I think Vooch is, is better than Pirtle in certain in certain respects. Obviously, defensively, Pirtle has the advantage, but there's things Vooch does on the offensive end that Pirtle can't match. So, right, um, yeah, but I the, mean, but the that, Bulls came into the deadline as buyers, not sellers, to leave. Yeah, because, it was just so goofy because of that course was, they uh, did. But bought nothing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We came in just... as buyers, but didn't like the price, so we just sat yeah, there. Just said we just did nothing. You know what? We're good. We're good with what we got. Oh, yeah. God, don't bring me back there. But yeah, yeah I mean, you're just... 100 right. That was why the deadline was the time to take action. Oh, yeah, you could you could have gotten a first round pick for Vooch. Basically, I, there's no doubt in my mind you could have gotten a first round pick for Vooch at that point. Now you're basically yeah. at and something else maybe. But like I said, now you're at a point where it's like, well, we might have to overpay to keep him or, you know, or something crazy does happen. And he's like, you know, screw this. I'm just going to go play for uh, the the Nug or not the Nuggets, sorry, the Dallas or or the Lakers for the mid-level exception, which is a lot. (laughs) Yeah. I'll take the less money. I don't care. I just don't want to be here anymore. Or beat, see you guys. I'm done. Yeah, you know, you it, it just that. that's an option. That is a real you know, life option. It's considering for sure. <laughs> yeah. Seriously, man. Like you make a great point. Like the age that he is, at some point in time, he's gonna say, "I want to win," and right. I want to win now. You know, I'm from Orlando. Orlando. You know what I'm saying? Oh, like, bro, I was in like Orlando. I played Orlando. Come on, exactly. man. I came here like in this train because I thought it was you know that time to go. And then unfortunately, Lonzo goes down. Now I'm now I feel like I'm back in Orlando because we're just a first round squad yeah. right now. He at some point in time he's going to make up his mind and say, "No, nah, bro, I I, I want to win." At some point in time he's gonna be like, "My kid's gonna be okay. I'm I'm, I'm going to win yeah. now. I want to win, bro." And it could be now. Like this could genuinely happen, Bulls fans. Like it's it's a reality that I don't think about, and I'm sure a lot of people don't think about, and I don't think is inclined to happen but it is a reality that it could happen where he just says no nah, I, I think i'm gonna go somewhere else and, and that's a nightmare that is a nightmare scenario if oh you better believe it flat out for nothing takes less money because then the run it back scenario becomes even less likely to work Whew. and then your rebuild scenario you just lost a prime asset to help you rebuild so then you're kind of like well Got to trade Zach and got to trade DeMar. And then team's going to be looking at the Bulls like, yo, they fish food. Like, right. <laughs> you have to do something now. So you you might get low balls. I don't know. It, it's just, it, it has a spiraling effect. And yeah, uh, yeah I don't know. They, they, I, I'm not going to say they, they're forced to keep him, but it is in their best interest to keep him at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. 100%. Uh, other speculations uh, moving on from Booch is, a lot of talk about Zach Levine. Um, a lot of trade speculations happening where the Bulls are trying to shop him, uh, gauge interest to see what they could get for him. Um, 
obviously the Bradley Beal deal happened and there's a lot of conversation about how Bradley Beal, the deal that ends up happening for Bradley Beal, I, I, I called him Bradley Beal, uh, Bradley Beal, uh, what ends up happening for him that could affect Zach. And then obviously we saw the deal that went down. Beal having that no trade clause, I'm sure played into it, but it was not a lot for the Suns in return. And obviously there's a lot of rationalizing going on all of, well, I'm sorry, the Wizards in return, Bob. And there's a lot of rationalizing going on, obviously, where it's like, well, they get rid of a bad contract and, and you know, this, that, and that. But it's like, in the end, that was your franchise player and you basically, you got zero first round picks. Um, you got some first swaps, but who knows what those swaps will turn into one day. Like, they could be nothing. They could just you could realistically be a worse team than the sun. You're not going to want to swap at that point. So, uh, yeah. So let, let's talk about Zach Levine. Like, what do you guys take the trades talk with him? But do you, do you think there's actually some like smoke there or is it just something Well, it's, you know, as a time of the year, maybe it's nothing at all. Like where, where are you guys at with that? Um, Matt, let, let, I'll let you go first this time. I mean, I think, like most of it every year it's uh if there's smoke it doesn't necessarily mean fire situation people talk um obviously the combine and all of the combine stuff and the lottery all being here in chicago i think amplifies that for bulls and bulls fans a little bit just because a lot of other national and then local media descend upon chicago and just start talking shop to one another and that stuff spreads and then it continues to grow and morph in those days and weeks between when the lottery and the combine happen and when the draft happens a few weeks later. Um, so you expect that every year. I would say the one thing that I did find different and a bit interesting this year compared to any other, as far as all of the smoke and all the rumors we've heard is that a couple of different sources have said it was the bulls calling up teams to say, Hey, what would you give us right now for Zach Levine? As opposed to just Zach Levine being in trade rumors a lot every year for the last umpteen years because he's a good young player that teams might want to trade for. Um, and maybe the Bulls wanting to shift directions. So you're never surprised when Zach's name comes up in trade rumors and he is a much more valuable asset than anything else the Bulls have right now. He's an all-star scorer in his prime who, after a shaky start managing the knee at the beginning of the season, basically from December on was averaging damn near 27 points a game on like 64% true shooting percentage. Like Zach balled out and he's an all-star caliber player in his prime. His name's going to be around. I found it interesting that multiple people said the Bulls were calling people up asking, hey, what would you give us for Zach? And I guess if it's a silver lining at the very thinnest, it lets us know that the Bulls are actually contemplating all possible avenues right now because we're sitting here saying, my God, if they just run this back, we're going to freaking blow our brains out, or at least that's how I feel. They, they need to be making those calls. Uh, that's just doing their job. So if that is true and they are making those calls, then good for them. They're doing their job. We'll see what they do with it. Yeah, like that's that's exactly right. When I heard that they were the one making the calls, that was different than teams calling you. 
You know, that means you're actively, even if you're just filling it out, like that's something a little different. And quite honestly, it's something Zach Levine's dealt with pretty much his whole entire career, mm-hmm. you know, with right. the Bulls. Like he's always been a guy that has never not been in a trade rumor. He always is. It's kind of like with Bradley Bill. Like Bradley Bill was that same way. He was always in a trade rumor. And yeah, Zach is, is that way now. I completely agree with man. Like you're doing your due diligence when you do something like this after the season that you had. I would think it's something wrong with you that you didn't do this. Like you have to go find out what he's worth and if teams are willing to give you a haul for it. And that's what we are hearing that the Bulls want. The Bulls want a haul for Zach Levine. Like I want draft picks. I want good young players, one or two good young players. Throw in another play, another veteran for no reason. You know, let me see what your towel boy like. Like, throw me all that stuff. <laughs> I want everything. You know what I'm saying? Like, all that should be on the table when you, because you're talking about Zach Levine, man. Like, he's incredibly disrespected <laughs> a lot, in, in my opinion. You hear those numbers, Matt said. He is a fringe All NBA player. And honestly, it's because yeah. of the teams that he's on. Like, to be completely real with you, like, this dude would have been All NBA. I, he is, he's, he's, he has special t- tendencies about him. You know what I mean? Like, you just don't see on certain players every other day. That kind of speed, that kind of athleticism combined with the three-point shot is terrifying. The second most three-point shots hit in the NBA history is Zach Levine. You know, like, he, he can do those kind of things. So, yeah, bottom line, they have to do their due diligence on Zach. You have to go and and find out what he's worth. But I'm okay with them keeping him unless it's a haul. I'm okay with a haul. I will, I will sleep at night if you give me a haul. But, but if it's not a haul, then I don't want want to deal with it, man. I'm okay with building around Zach and just letting him just running with it and seeing what he can give you because it's the one thing I haven't seen him do. So giving him what he needs, fine. Get him a point guard. Get him a rim protector. Get him some shooting. Let's see what happens kind of thing. Um, and But, yeah, if you're going to trade him, haul. That's the one word, <laughs> Bulls fans. Haul. Okay? <laughs> I want – Hauling oats, all of it, <laughs> all of this stuff, man, for real. <laughs> you know, part of me wonders, and I'm putting on like a little bit of a conspiracy theory hat here. Oh, yes. Um, with the run it back scenario, so I don't, I don't know if I legitimately believe this or not, but part of me wonders. We all know that the Bulls were 40 and 42 last year, and mm-hmm. the best players played in pretty much all, like most of the games, if not all of them. Like a rare, healthy year for this team. So what if the Bulls are potentially thinking about a world where they could trade Zach and still sell it as, hey, we are running it back. The team is not going to get that much worse because it's already kind of a team that's like bleak to begin with, I think, in a sense. So if we get a decent young, if we get a few decent young players, like let's say we get this haul, that Dave is talking about, and we get picks, I could see a world where they're coming out and saying, hey, we got two productive young players and we got draft picks. So in a way, we have the way we have a way to make up for the loss of Zach and we have assets to make moves down the line. We could still run it back theoretically. We could have a deeper team. We could, you know, do all of those things. So in a sense, maybe that is how they're potentially viewing this. Like, I think a lot of people have been seeing this scenario of bringing DeMar back, bringing Boosh back, but Zach is gone. I don't necessarily agree with it, 
because I think if you trade Zach, the whole thing is smithereens. But I, part of me is like just conspiracy hat, you know, world right now. Like, what if they are contemplating a scenario where moving Zach happens, but they can still run it back at the same time and not necessarily get that much worse, especially for the people who are very anti Zach and believe he doesn't really have a high impact on winning games as well. Yeah, I, I think there's some. I think you might be on the track there because, like, I was being told that the Bulls were actually trying to move Zach, and if they move Zach, they will obviously now they want they want fair value for him, but they want to get players back that can help them win still, and they want to keep competing. So that kind of completely threw me off. So when I saw, like, I'm I'm obviously I have it's no secret I'm for a full rebuild and. I don't want to trade Zach because I'm done with Zach. Like, I love Zach. I th- I agree with Dave, and I agree with a lot of people that say he's undervalued, underappreciated. My thing with trading Zach is I just think the Bulls are at dead end because, like I said, they don't have the cap space and they don't have control of their picks till 2029. So, in that sense, it's very little they can do to really add to this team and make them better. And I feel like if they if they were to trade DeMar and make this team worse, which it would get worse if they trade DeMar, um, you're basically then telling Zach, like, okay, can you just be, you know, can you have patience for a couple of years? I don't think Zach would have patience for a couple of years. He's no. going to want out. So so basically that's where I'm at. The, the, you know, I've, I've been starting to use the well is drying up. And we're at a point where I think you need to move Zach. I mean, again, I'm not saying give him away, obviously. I, 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 if a team comes and offers just like one draft pick and, and a young player, I'm saying, no, you need to add more to the table. Um, but I think that's my where I'm at. But like I said, I was being told in another it's another DM I'm in that the Bulls are basically trying to move Zach stay competitive with DeMar and Vooch and maybe some of their guys like Kobe and Pat and whatever. And that threw me off. I was like, what? That's dumb. <laughs> like, that doesn't make any sense. It's like a that was, but, then, but then at the same time, it's like, that's so right, bulls right, though. Yeah. It's a, I'm telling you, it's a rebuild retool. Like we're, we're arguing rebuild versus retool and the bulls are going to come out with their own term. It's a rebuild a tool. Like it's, <laughs> they have something here. Wait. And, and I go back shout to out, shout out to Matt Gentile and, and Drew. Yeah. Uh, they, they, <laughs> yes, the right. rebuildable the rebuildable pod. I mean, like, sorry, go ahead. It's like, a, <laughs> I'm thinking of the rumors last year where, like Zach was having issues with Billy Donovan and there it was all that talk now. And, you know, there, there was a, apparently the rumored beef with him and DeMar, I guess, too. Like, I, I think there is somewhat of a world where they are imagining that, and whether it's fair or not, that they are imagining, hey, we can get rid of Zach. He has some problems in his locker room. It's somewhat addition by subtraction. Yes, he's a good player, but we could – theoretically still hang on to his thing and have a fail safe for when it is over. And then we could rebuild after that. And when you consider the landscape of the NBA where with the, with the play in it's, 
possible. Like you could win 38 games, 39 games and get a playoff game potentially. And as big Dave always says on Twitter, you never no. Oh Jesus! Why? Oh, God, don't. <laughs> Just don't. You, you, you never. Get mad at facts, Matt. <laughs> okay. Never well, know. And I think that is all of this fits the carrot on a string uh, approach that Reinsdorf has used with the Bulls for so long. So again, conspiracy theory. I'm not saying it's likely, but I could see it being like the Bulls trade Zach Levine. They get a few solid young players, maybe a draft pick, and they say, hey. We can be competitive and we can rebuild at the same time. Love us. In a hypothetical world where the Bulls trade Zach and try and stay competitive, <laughs> I mean, the, the devil is in the details of that deal. Yeah. Who, who are these young players you're getting back? Because if they're not two of the best young three point shooters in the league, oh dear God. That's what I've been thinking this whole time while I've been listening to this conversation is you're talking about trading Zach trying to stay competitive and we just watched some of the most incompetent anti-modern basketball from a three-point shooting perspective from our bulls that we've ever seen since the nba started trending towards valuing the three-point shot because mathematically speaking that's the right freaking answer you take zach's three-point shooting efficiency and volume off this squad and try to keep it competitive they already had the lowest three-point rate in the league last season. So, again, devil in the details. Whoever those players are, they better be able to hoist and make lots of threes every night because I do not want to watch a team next season that is even worse behind the three-point line with Zach Levine than the one we just watched. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I think I, they're... Go ahead. Sorry, go ahead, Dave. No, 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 go ahead. Go ahead. I'll just quickly say I've, I've, I've said repeatedly if you trade Zach Levine, then blow everything up. Like, yeah, I don't yeah. want to see none of this. If exactly. Zach ain't here, what am I watching? Like, what's the point? Seriously, man, what is the point? Like, it's not like you're trading him and getting closer to a championship. You know, like, forget playoffs. After that, I'm like, forget playoffs. Like, it's like, what's all, I want titles then. Like, you're telling me you're going to send that dude off? Then you better be bringing me back. And I'm talking about titles, bro. We talking about making these Eastern Conference play, Eastern Conference Finals, or something like that. And that ain't gonna be the case. That is no. just simply not going to be the case. So you let that go, and then it will be a one one year thing because Demar is, you know, got one year left. So again, he can say, man, <laughs> you know, I'm, uh, I want to go home. Let me go to L.A. I want to go home. Like these things can happen to you. So, no, that's a terrible position to put yourself in if you get rid of Zach. If you get rid of him, burn it down, and you start over is what you do. Then you put it on the guys that you drafted. I'm sorry, the guys that you got in this trade, your draft picks, and then you put it on Kobe, Pat, Daylon, Justin Lewis. Those mm -hmm. that's, that's who you're rolling with. That's it. That's all you got in your, in your cupboard. So put it out there and roll with that. But absolutely not do I want to see them run that back without Zach Levine there. Absolutely not. Y'all have like a feeling of like what a potential with, with the bill market over and maybe some maybe some chance that some of those teams will mingle over to a Zach Levine market. Do you have a feeling for or a guess of what teams could match up well? And, I, and I'm not saying like some of these like 
Portland trades that you see on like Reddit, where it's like we get Shaden Sharp and the number three pick and the number like I, I don't yeah. think it's happening. But like, is there something else that you think is more likely to happen with like maybe lesser assets, but still quality assets from a team? You talking for for Zach Levine? You mean? Yeah, for for Zach Levine. Yeah, yeah. I would. I think we kind of got somewhat of an answer about that. Uh, Matt, you remember the the, the Knicks trade, the, Nick, the Knicks talk, the trade deadline, yeah, right. and and they kind of we kind of heard what they were kind of offering in that trade, and at that time I was like, deal, <laughs> like run that, like absolutely run that trade right now, and because but they didn't want to include Grimes uh, in that deal, who I love, I I love mm-hmm. Grimes, I think he's awesome, but I see why we they didn't. We want saw to what him. he did to us yeah. when we went to that Knicks game. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. I watched him in Summer League destroy. Like I, yeah. I watched it all. And I was like, yo, this dude is nice, man. I, I want that guy. He's he would be great. So well, I think it was him, Quigley, Barrett, Toppin, and I believe some draft picks. Uh with right. that's what the Bulls wanted, but the the, the Knicks like, no, nah, we're right. not giving it, Right, that's what I'm saying. It, it they, was, they didn't want Grimes, right? It was some combination of those players. It was right, like right. Quigley, Grimes, Toppin, maybe Barrett. Uh, Fournier getting thrown in there for Fournier. salary yeah, yeah, yeah. reasons, yeah, and then and then like a future draft pick, um, like I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like that's that's for me that's a night. But now at this point in time, I think it's more about the draft capital, like a couple of those players, and then you can give me some more draft capital on top of that, and then I'll be like, okay, we got to sit down, guys, and have a talk. <laughs> we got to have a meeting about this. Mm-hmm. That's that's a haul. So to answer your question, yeah, I, th- I think that we already kind of have an idea, Ed, about what teams are willing to give the Bulls for Zach Levine. And I, I think it should kind of start there if they're listening to anybody. I think we're also at a point where I, I don't think teams are trying to buy Zach at fair value. They're trying to buy low on it. Sure, um, sure. As they should. And, yeah. and there's a lot of things with that involved, like, because obviously no fault not necessarily fault of his own. Zach hasn't had the success that guys like Booker, Jamal Murray, Donovan Mitchell have. And obviously there's a lot more nuance involved there, but sometimes not everyone looks at nuance when they're trying to make a deal. Right. And when they say, okay, well, Zach is a talented guy, but you know, we're not paying a Donovan Mitchell premium to get Zach. We're not going to do that because I don't think that's worth it for us. We'll pay you less than what that type of deal um, and that's why you're saying you're getting maybe low ball offers for Zach where it becomes, well, you know what, if, if the Bulls are truly, you know, like adamant, like, no, we will not give Zach up for less than what we want for him. We're not going to budge on that, um, that, that hefty price tag that we have in our mind. Then it probably comes to a situ- solution that, okay, Zach isn't going to get moved. I mean, that's more than likely where we're headed at at this point, right? Like, yeah, and, and I think that 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 string of trades that we saw over the last couple of years, where star players got just insane value of draft capital, I think I think that's already come and gone. I don't think we'll ever see that many picks move for one star player ever again. And like More the, the the stars, maybe some of them were worth it. Like the Suns had a chance to get Kevin Durant to add to that squad, and they made that deal. The uh, the Suns don't have a draft pick until twenty eighty five now. 
they made that deal. Minnesota already looks like, hey, uh, well, we got we got these twin towers and and Rudy and and Cat, but honestly, like you know, Anthony Edwards is their best player, and it's not even close. And my goodness, the draft capital given up to get one Rudy Gobert, outrageous! I even I even think the the haul for Donovan Mitchell was an overpay. I think Donovan Mitchell is a very very good player. But I thought that that was a ridiculous overpay for him. And I think teams quickly figured out that there were all of these overpay trades happening. And I think that teams are now realizing that they can't just empty out their uh, their draft coverage like that. And look, the Bulls front office has taken criticism, and I think to some degree fairly, for the fact that the Vooch trade has not worked out all that well um, some people who are really high on Franz Wagner and now knowing that we just gave Orlando the 11th pick in this year's drafts and that, you know, the, the Bulls are where they are having added Vooch and haven't gotten a whole lot better with him in the fold. Mm-hmm. Compared to some of those other trades, the Bulls were not as royally screwed by the Vooch trade as some of these other teams who just gave away everything. No, for sure. And I think, yeah, another, another trade, uh, the DeJounte Murray trade, like the Hawks gave up three unprotected yeah. firsts for him. And DeJounte is really good, but he's not like a top 15 guy that, right. you know, that you feel very comfortable doing that. So that, that you know, that that's, a, that's another great point. Like you're coming to a situation where unless you're a top 10, 15 guy, you're not going to probably get that type of haul anymore. No. And, are, and are the you, other thing, too, is... first-round picks for Zach Levine. Right. You're not. Right. And the other thing, too, is I think it becomes a point where the Bulls might be like, you know what, well, we're not going to be the first team that gives that type of... doesn't get that type of deal for our All-Star. But that... So in- that that's the other thing. Like, there might be like, well, we don't want to be that team that gets embarrassed and says, oh, we have to be that first team to open that type of floodgate where we traded our star that was... That, look, obviously you can call Bradley Beal whatever, but, like, that's a completely different situation. His contract is crazy. Um, he had that no-trade clause. There's a lot of, like, collusion between the Suns owner and his agent, Bradley Beal's agent, uh, all that type of stuff. So that's a completely, like, you know, there's a lot of asterisks about that, what, what went down with that deal. But like I said, with Zach, you know, he has four years left on his deal. He's healthy. Um, like, he, what, he he was the third most minutes played last year or something like that and highest of his career. Um, he, he's back to his form. Like, the, the guy that can – give you 40 every night if he like if he needs to um he's back to that guy so you're not you're you're gonna be hesitant to want to give that guy up for not what you think is a fair value and i just want to say this real quick on zach and we, we talked about this before where it feels like Zach throughout his career has been battling all of these negative perceptions and to a degree I don't think he's completely shed that because at first it was, oh, you know, he's a raw project. He's not going to be anything. Okay. He's just a dunker. Uh, he tore his ACL. He won't be athletic anymore. Okay. He's athletic still, but he can't be an all-star score. Okay. He's an all-star score, but you wouldn't give him a contract, like a, a long-term contract. Okay. You would give him a long-term contract, but 
he can't get his team to the playoffs. Okay, he's in the playoffs, but he can't do it's it's always hoop after hoop after hoop. And I feel like he has never like shedded this negative perception. But you look at the players who have been traded for those halls, and they've always had much better perception perception, whether unfair or fair, than Zach Levine. And I, I think that puts the like that puts the wheels in motion for those teams to look at Zach Levine as the perfect opportunity to end this string of giving up crazy draft picks for a really good player. And I, I think, again, I think teams are looking at the Bulls like fish food right now. Like, yo, that's a mark right there. We can get him. Zach Levine ain't all that. He's good, but man, we're not, we're not about to pay X, Y, Z for this guy. Like we're just going to get him. We're just going to take him from the Bulls. And these teams are probably going to keep lowballing and we'll see who blinks first. But I, I think right now it it is just it, it is just that that perception that has continued to follow him throughout his career. Like multi-time all-star, but still does not really get the respect that he deserves. And I think teams will in turn not be willing to give up the assets that he deserves. Yeah, that's a great point. Cause even uh when I sent today, I sent Matt the ringer article that had the 125 best players in the NBA. And as soon as Matt saw it, he said, Zach Levine at 47 is completely disrespectful. So yeah. like, it just adds to that point. Like that's just the perception of him. That's what's concerning, right? Cause the perception of him isn't just what it is here in Chicago. It's out there everywhere, you know, like, mm. eh, maybe kind of, he might be, you know, kind of that guy or something. So teams will respond accordingly to stuff like that. Hopefully there's a team out there. If the Bulls make a decision to trade him, there's a team out there that wants to give him that haul. But I think Zach is amazing. I would love to build around him. It was the ringer. I mean, Jason Tatum was one. Jalen Brown was three. (laughs) Dude, dude, they had had the MVP of the league at five. I was like, y'all tripping. (laughs) (laughs) I can't. I can't. Wait, who did they have number one? Oh, Jokic so was one. They had Jokic at oh, one. Okay, okay. okay. They had Curry was two. Steph two. Giannis three. Giannis three. And then I can't. Who was four? But it before and beat at five. Oh my god. Who was four? Tatum? It might have been Tatum. It was probably Tatum at four. Which is, I mean, you can't. The, if you're the MVP of the league, you're top three player in the league. That's how that goes. Period. Point right. blank. Five. Right. Get out of here. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to get off on that, but that was that just no. But that's, I mean, that, that makes your point Ed, about the perception of Zach Levine around the league, right. Right. whether, right. whether it's fair or not. And I think most of us that try our best as Bulls fans, but looking at it objectively, like he's, he's better than 47. Like yeah. that's right. It, has it been Zach Levine's fault that better teams have not been built around him? Was it Zach Levine's fault no. that he had to come back from an ACL tear early in his career? Right. And I still hey. think it's crazy that he gets most of blame for this season because, like, I've said all, like, I've said for a while, this team is built to compete in 2003. <laughs> like, that's what they're built to compete in. The 03 and, NBA live team. <laughs> yeah, no, like, if you look at our, this roster, they're, they're, that's the type of team that the, that the front office has built. Um, 
And, you know, you, I, I'll say this too. Like, you know, I, I complain about Zach's late game ball handling decision-making too, but Ugh. you know, the other thing doesn't help with his ball handling decision-making the lack of spacing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That doesn't help. Like we saw last season and people have short memories because obviously he didn't last so long. And look, uh, his injury really derailed his fantastic season. He was having in that first 30 or 40 games. Um, he was ridiculously good in the clutch. Like yeah. people, people wanted to give Demar all the credit, but when you stacked up the clutch numbers, they were his and Demar's were identical mm-hmm. for like that first 30, 40 games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So people and like and and the other point that the game against the Jazz, I went to that game in the, in the when was he it was like game five or six. He outplayed Donovan Mitchell that game. Mm. Mm. Like mm-hmm. Zach, yeah. like you give him the right spacing and stuff. I think the and I, I still would prefer him off ball more as a as a finisher as opposed to letting him like isolate at the top of the key or whatever. But I think there's a lot more nuance involved in how how Zach the player should be perceived as opposed to what he gets thrown on him like it's not his i'm sorry it's not his fault that he's been part of two loser organizations the timberwolves and the bulls for the most part have been loser organizations how is that zach levine fault <laughs> it's like how is it fault if he gets doubled late in a close game and passes out of that double team whoever he finds who's open is too afraid to shoot a three because <laughs> they can't shoot threes oh my god pat I just know it's bad when uh, Pat shoots a three. We're talking about guys like Io. Come on. No, no, no. I'm talking Pat, that, Pat was, that was a throwback to him actually sure. saying that when he gave Pat oh. the ball. Like he's, oh, my God, Pat. Because he wouldn't take the uh, shot. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead. I, I just know it's bad when you're just talking with like just random like NBA fans and you're talking about trades and you're like, oh, like Zach Levine's available. Like, you think anyone would get up somewhere like, Mm, no, like, is he any good? Like, seems just like, nah, I wouldn't really want him. Mm, kind of, <laughs> he's he's a like he gets he gets those Monte Ellis types of empty calories. Mm, Chucker, yeah, he's yeah. worse. Doesn't play defense. Like, it, yep. it's it, it's all of that wrapped into one, and it, it is it, it's just really it, it's really fascinating how all of that can follow you throughout your whole career even when you consistently have disproven those things time after time. Zach yeah. is just one of those players who, unfortunately, it, it, it will just never matter. The guy could be holding up a championship on a float as the second best player on the team, and some people will still be saying he's a chucker, he can't play defense, he never did this, he never did that. It's always going to be something. It, it's always going to be something. Heat fans on Twitter today were contemplating a – Straight up, like player for player, Zach Levine, Tyler Hero yep. swap. Sure yeah. were. And I was like, and yeah, no. And 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 so many Heat fans in the comments were like, I, I don't know, I think, scoffing like, at like, that. Bulls might need to like send us a second rounder. And then I'm like, oh my god, are you people? Well, insane? Zach Levine doesn't have a rap song named after him, so I don't know. I'm like, Tyler Hero here. <laughs> oh man, like oh, yeah, that, stuff like that. Like you seeing like Heat fans scoff at giving up Tyler Hero for Zach Levine. So y'all need to like. Man, go back on the beach. Go back on the beach where you belong. Don't stop talking ball. Like, go like, 
Is like, talking come on. Yeah. Let, <laughs> let Zach Levine play with Jimmy and Bam and some of those yeah, guys. Let's see exactly. what happens. The Heat, are, the Heat are winning the East next year again if that happens. Like, come on. Stop it. Literally. Stop literally it. Literally will have everything he needs. Like, Zach, clearly Zach needs a point guard, some shooting, and a rim protector. And he will get all that in, in Miami. He will get all three of them things. He's never had these things. The, like I keep saying, the one time he had some semblance of those things, you were the best team in the East for half of the season. That's the saddest time. So I, I I just, that's why I keep wanting to see him get built around, though. Like, that's the only reason, because I want to see what it looks like before I, I'm just like, this This won't work. And you don't even need a pure point guard either, because, like, you saw adding Patrick Beverly, who was just a smart half-court decision maker. Barrel. Yes. Like, he just, he's just a good connector. He just knows that's it. to make the quick pass or – or the quick read when guys are making their move. And you saw how help, how much that helped a guy like Zach. So, like, I'm just – it's just – I don't know. It gets frustrating. Like, I get it. Like, yeah. I, I get – I get, like, where people get mad when we talk about trading Zach. But, like, I, there, there's, a, there's a branch between saying I want to trade Zach and that Zach sucks. It's like there's two right. different conversations right. there. Right. Like, right. the – it's just it's kind of it's kind of bad. Like, and then you have people like that cover this team that want to troll and try to beat down Zach. Uh, we won't mention their names. It's okay. You uh, can say his name. Hi, Joe. Uh, yeah, like uh, I, I doubt he'll listen to this, but yeah, I'm like he makes an agenda to tear down Zach, and like no wonder his perception around the league is so bad. You got a guy like Nick Fredell who like have the basic like understanding of basketball where it's, oh, you need stars. That's all he knows. Like he doesn't know anything else outside of the basic, very low level basketball talk. Um, so those guys are the ones that are speaking about Zach basically. And then you, you understand, you wonder why his perception is so bad and no other nuance gets involved in the, in the conversation. Um, I, that yeah. sounds like you're being pretty critical of two of the biggest Jimmy Butler stands in, in uh, NBA I was just media. That so, listen, man. I was just <laughs> just because they're right about one thing doesn't mean they're right about everything. Like, <laughs> they're broken clock right once a day or twice a day, whatever, hey, man. That's, hey, that's, that's, that's two clocks, Celine. <laughs> and that's two clocks that's broken. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just can't wait to read the the five page Ringer article on how Zach Levine is a completely different player now. Oh God! Transformed yes. his career in twenty. What it was Miami right. or, or or fifteen games with Luka Doncic. Who could have foreseen? <laughs> who could have saw this coming? Who could have saw it out of here? Oh my God. You know who was ranked significantly higher than Zach Levine in that ringer list that Dave was talking about? Speaking of people who are like, oh, well, now Lowry Marketing. Mm-hmm. One, sure one good year. One on year. A, on a trash jazz team. One year. First all star appearance. Oh my gosh. Lowry Marketing. Just. <laughs> Power of the gods. Like he was seriously like 10 spots higher than Zach Levine. What in what world? <laughs> oh, it's funny. Like I, I, I won't oh, say like really? I was Dave when I like as far as Dave when Dave called the shot and said he's gonna be an all-star, but the day we like a couple of months when the conversation about Larry wanting out was happening, I was like, and and how seeing the reaction from Bulls fans like hating on him. It's like, 
hold up, what's going on here? He, you guys want to want him moved. So why are we hating on him for saying, yeah, I want to be moved? And then the day they traded, and I was like, just know this, like Larry in the right situation is going to excel. Now, I didn't call him being becoming, becoming a star. I'm not going to say an all-star, but I said it. Look, there's talent there, but he's the fit and things matter. And lo and behold, Obviously, I, the 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 his actual ceiling, what he has become, I, I didn't I didn't pinpoint that. But to my point, it was basically look, it matters, fit, and everything. All that matters, and how you are able to, you know, take advantage of the, those those circumstances. And same thing with Zach. Like I said, I mean, I, I don't think anyone of us think he's a number one best player and like top five, top ten guy in the league. No, we think he's he would be a fantastic number two. That's what we you can win. Ideally, you'll be think. a mean team. You'll be a mean yeah, squad. Yeah, exactly. And team. and that's what we're talking about here. Yeah. And that gets underappreciated because people call him like, oh, he's a six man. Like I've seen him people compare him to like Monte Ellis. It's like, yeah. what are we doing here, dude? Like, get out of here. And, and, and the, how they the perceive other, him, like he had said, Monte Ellis. Yeah, for sure. Go ahead, the, go ahead, man. The other thing that really like gets under my skin and bugs me about Bulls fans who I know have their takes and their takes come from passion, just like mine too. But so many Bulls fans can't grasp the simple concept that number two players who are really good also get max contracts. Exactly. It's like, Oh, well, he's not the number one on a championship team. So him making 40 million a year is unacceptable, outrageous, stupid managerial decision to give Zach Levine that contract. Not worth it. And I'm like, do you, what, what are you, what are you talking about? My (laughs) God, it drives me crazy. Yeah. Yeah, It's it's just all about perception, man. Like everything is just, it doesn't matter once your mind is made up about it, about a player. Like that's just what it's going to be. Like no matter what, no matter what they do, no matter how they change it, how they flip like once their minds are made up about what this player is that's that's just what it's gonna be for a lot of fans Zach gotta uh he gotta change his cologne man once he once he leaves Chicago man once he changes that cologne everybody will love him man it, he ain't hey. good right now he got yeah. he, he with the right people he showed with clutch clutch again yeah. that right cologne he, he, gotta, he gotta get the cologne Lowry got uh yeah. he gotta get, <laughs> the, get that Salt Lake City 45 whatever <laughs> that <laughs> Get that in the bottle. You be Wherever he plays, he's just not allowed to bring his son to the game because that's what he plays like. Oh, crash. man. Yeah. We should have kept stats on that. <laughs> like, like, for real, though. <laughs> Every time I would see oh, him on the sideline, like, oh, Zach is eight for 20. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> if that. If that. Right. If that. Right. Uh, anyway, let's, let's switch gears a little bit here. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about Lonzo Ball and obviously his situation because um, there's a lot in. We've, we've talked about Lonzo a lot about his injury and how like devastating it's been basically for the Bulls and just, how much it just obviously sucks for Lonzo in particular because he's such a fun player to watch and just just a good dude in general, like an easy guy to root for. Um, something that I haven't really seen brought up as far as Lonzo is how the Bulls can handle his deal going forward because obviously that twenty million on the books does affect how the Bulls can operate moving forward and when we talk about doing retools and rebuilds and whatever have you uh his deal is a kind of a sort of a roadblock to how you want to move forward uh, especially when you have an ownership group that 
is always adamant that they are going to nickel and dime and they're not going to go a, a penny over that luxury tax uh, to really help your front office out and, and how they want to build this team. So, and like I said, one thing that I haven't seen a lot of conversation on is doing that long-term injury provision on Lonzo considering the type of surgery he's had into this season where if he again looks like he's not coming back, like he's just not going to be back this season and it's looking very questionable, activating that provision, it's essentially like a forced retirement, if you will. So like the, the league and the Players Association, they get physicians, they examine Lonzo. Uh, you don't need Lonzo's permission to do this, by the way. Right. And that's obviously the the little gray area and, and how you want to approach that with as far as relationship with Lonzo is concerned, but to get basically an end result would be if, if both decide, yeah, he, he cannot play basketball anymore. Uh, and you get that money off the books for the bulls and could help the bulls as far as what they want to do. And like I said, if they do want to do a retool type of thing, it could help them much quicker because you get that 20 million off the books. What are your guys' thoughts of approaching something like that? Because that's something I've been really thinking about. I know it's not, like I said, I don't see a lot of people really talking about it because, like, it's a very sensitive topic because you don't want to be unsensitive about Lonzo's situation because, like I said, we all we all really appreciate Lonzo as a player and as a person, too. So, like, what are your thoughts on it, uh, Dave? I'll, I'll let you go first. Uh, it's It's – it's tough. It's a tough situation, man. It's a sad situation to, to be real with you about it. Um, just because, well, one, on a selfish level, just how good I saw him be with the Bulls and, you know, the need that I saw him feel and just the joy of watching him be the point guard of this team was just awesome to watch. On another level, I just want him to be okay. You know, like, I just want him to be all right, man. Like, what, what do you have, three total surgeries on, on that knee? Yeah. And they – I think just it. in the last – just with the Bulls, he might have had yeah. another surgery right. with the Lakers. Just right, since right. he left mid-season last season, he's had three. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah. Yes, which is wild. And all his injuries are always lower body injuries, you know, where that ankle, right. I remember, he had with the Lakers, which was tough, man. So, and he suffered with injuries when he was with – uh the um, Pelicans as well. But, yeah, so you think about stuff like that because you just want him to be all right. The provision, the things that you mentioned, I can't see the Bulls doing those kind of things because just like anything else, I kind of just go off the history of the Chicago Bulls and nothing about them says they would do something like that. They, This is the team when D. Rose got hurt, they still was paying them. You know what I mean? Still was uh, giving them his money. You know, they, they're not a team that's like that. If something's wrong, they'll, they'll back you up. You know, they'll ride with you and they won't, whatever move they make, it will be a move involving Lonzo ball. So it's not something they won't discuss with him and not something that they won't have that conversation on about. They will definitely do that with him. They won't just go behind his back and just make the move and then just say, we're freeing up the money. We're out. Do it like that. That's I've never seen the bulls operate like that. Like, not, never. I've never seen them do things like that. So I don't expect them to start now. But it's a hell of it, – again, it's, it's another tough decision for the front office. Like, that's all we talk about with this front office. Like, how many tough decisions they got to make. This is another one. This is another tough decision. 
if he's not ready to go, what do you do? Because you can't continue to sit and wait, you know, for him. You know, you've got to move forward at some point in time because not only is do you need just another player on your team, that's the biggest position. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That point guard. Like, point guard is the quarterback. And no team wins without a quarterback. Like, you got to have that there. And so they had, and you saw what it looked like for the team this year. We just saw it. They didn't have one. And oh my God, <laughs> oh my God, it, it was not good. It did not look good. And then, as you mentioned, once we got Patrick Beverly, who is bottom of the barrel, just like, hey, this thing looks okay. Look, they could work. It's not bad because you need a point guard, especially in a Billy Donovan offense. You need a point guard. He cannot run his offense properly without one. He never has done it. Since he's been in the league, he's got to have a point guard. He had Russell, he had CP3, he had SGA. He's got to have a point guard, somebody to communicate what he wants done out there and as far as uh, the skill set as well. But, man, dude, it's a tough position for the Bulls to be in. But I personally think if they find out that he's not ready and can't go, they can't wait. They honestly can't wait. You gotta, you gotta go. You gotta make that move, man. But I just don't see the Bulls doing something like that. I just see them waiting for him because that's just how they are. That's just how how it's been. I hope he gets ready. I want him to be better. I want him to come back and, and play like that. But we've never seen it in the history ever. <laughs> it's never. With I've never seen of, it the right, with this, type this of, kind of injury, like surgery, right. yeah, and and the kind of replacement he got on his knee, like. They only had right. – they interviewed the one person who had that surgery. He never played again. Like, right. maybe there have been advances made. You know what I'm saying? Anything. Like, all that stuff is possible. I, I hope the best for him. But if he's not able to do it again after this year, I don't I don't see how, how they can wait around. Yeah, I think there's been other successes, but never at the professional, like, athlete level. Yeah. It's been, like, college level or, like, right. stuff like that, not – not like the professional elite pros, like, right? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Pros. Um, yeah, Matt. Matt, where are you at with that whole train of thought? Well, I mean, obviously, first and foremost, your your heart just breaks for the guy. Um, yeah. And that is obviously the the most important thing. And talking about this most recent surgery, which was the cartilage replacement surgery, right. repairing the cartilage that is Lonzo's right. that was in there. Hmm. is something that has only been tried a few times and has not worked. But, I, you know, you really worry about quality of life, whether and not just can Lonzo Ball play professional basketball, can they fix him to a degree where at least he's comfortable enough walking around and still has full use of his knee and his legs. Hmm. Um, from the Bulls' perspective, and your question as far as should they look into pursuing some of these um, you know, contractual opportunities to clear some of his money off of their books or allow themselves to replace this shelved injured player with another, um, you know, a- allotment of salary cap space money to use. To me, the answer is simple. It's yes, obviously. Yes. File that paperwork, file that paperwork yesterday. As far as Dave saying the Bulls wouldn't do that without talking to Alonzo, doing it behind his back, yes, I agree with that sentiment. However, as far as what I have read and understood, 
there are two options if the Bulls actually want to try and get some money back because Lonzo ain't coming back if they face that reality. The single-season uh, disabled player exception, the DPE, right. which would it's allow them to get, you know, give you half of that player's contract to use as essentially a mid-level exception-type contract to come sign some guy and add that guy to your team. They could have hypothetically pursued that last season and chose not to mm-hmm. because they were still holding out hope that Lonzo would come back after that surgery he had at the beginning of last offseason. Ramp up, ramp down. Didn't happen. The other option that I've come to understand as best I can is the career-ending exception, right. where in that case, the and I'm I'm assuming that there are several check marks and layers to this decision that the league, the team, and the player must all go through, is that it needs to be deemed a career-ending injury. And then you can also, in some way, shape, or form, get that player's contract off the books to then bring in another player to your 15-man roster to use some of that um, uh, reallocated money. All the while, you know, also understand, Lonzo's contract is guaranteed. Lonzo's right. getting his money. <laughs> right. The Bulls will give him that money because they signed him to that contract and it's a guaranteed contract. Right. This is just about the league's rules that allow teams dealing with injured players like this to get another player on board and allowing them money without it affecting their, you know, their, their cap situation. So yes, I think the bulls should explore that. The, you know, the, the career ending one is obviously scary and sad. And you wonder if a player who is as young as Lonzo ball still is, what is what, what, 26, 27? What is that about? Yeah. Like Lonzo 24, you might be, not be 25. Like it, it would be hard at that age to say, I'm done. It's I can't even fathom that being a reality you have to face as a professional athlete who's worked your whole life to get where you are. And then to say, I have to hang it up just for my quality of life and the safety of myself before it, I have to hang it up. The other thing that I've heard some Bulls fans ask me is, as I explain that is, well, so could the Bulls and Lonzo just kind of say, yeah, this is a career ending injury. I just tried this last surgery. It didn't work. Okay. Give the Bulls some money to use. And then maybe Lonzo, continues rehabbing and then tries after rehabbing from this most recent surgery to get back in and comes to a point where he does feel healthy enough to play and his doctors tell him he's healthy enough to play. And then whether or not the league has some clause about retroactively punishing a team for using the career ending, you know, the, the, the career ending exception, I, I, those details and fine print, I have not read. So I don't know the answer to those questions, but hypothetically speaking, Yes, the Bulls could and maybe should pursue that option. So, so that's the provision I was I meant, like the one where it's it's like the uh, career-ending, long-term injury provision where you the league and the players' association both examine Lando. And and when I said they don't have to get his permission, I mean that that's how they should pursue it. That they shouldn't consult Lando in this. I'm just saying that. And in general, the, the the rule is the team doesn't need to ask Lonzo to go that route. I'm not saying that they should go the route without asking or consulting him. And I actually I do have the details of, of the injury or that provision. So so the, the 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 basics are like so the team can apply to have the player's salary excluded starting on the first anniversary of the player's last regular season or playoff game 
and not before the one-year anniversary of the first regular season game for which the player was on the team's roster under his current contract. If the player has played in fewer than 10 games in the last season in which he played, the team can apply on the one-year anniversary of the player's last regular season or playoff game for 60 days after his last game in the current season, whichever is later. So basically, the Bulls qualify as far as time is concerned. That's fair. right. Now, yeah. the detail that Matt you're talking about, I have basically on that too. So let's say, let's say if the player later proves the doctor wrong and resumes his career, then his salary is returned to the team's salary when he plays his 25th game in any one season uh, for any team. It doesn't have to be for uh, your specific team. It can, he can go sign for a minimum deal somewhere and ends up paying 25 games, and then all of a sudden that kind of goes back on the books uh, for the Bulls. Like, and it has to be obviously within the next, what, how many ever years he has left on his contract. Um, and then there's a few additional uh, salary exclusion of the player to resume his career and his salary returned to the team's salary. The de- team can reapply for the salary exclusion under the same rules, including rules for waiting period. If the player retires, even for medical reasons, his team does not receive a salary exception to require a replacement player. Um, you know, there's like if this salary exclusion is granted, a team cannot resign or reacquire that player. And the salary exclusion can be used when a player dies under contact obviously not related to Alonso. Um, a team can apply for the salary exclusion during the original term of the contract if the player was waived and the salary stretched. Stretched. Um, the team must apply for salary exclusion before the contract original end date. So basically, the, the bunch of little provisions, but I mean, the Bulls, of the, the meat and the potatoes of the rule, do a, qualify to do go that route. Obviously, they still may want to wait because they could do it right now, technically, but they could they may want to wait to into next season to see where he's at with his rehab. Yeah, but it's just a thought I've been having. Like again, and it's and I I don't want to sound insensitive about it because I am not I'm not trying to be insensitive about it because I understand the 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 tough thought and conversation with Lonzo. Um, you know, is concerned, but it's just something like, man, at some point the bulls have to, as an organization, as a business, find ways to improve their team. And if that 20 million is on the book, stopping them from improving the team, that's a problem. And that's why it was not at all surprising to hear Arturis voice his support and even cautious optimism about Lonzo's basketball future in his season ending press conference. Cause it would have been, ridiculous and rude and a PR disaster if AK came out there and answered that question with the flat, ugly truth that everybody in the room knew. Every Bulls fan, every NBA fan pretty much knows, which is, yeah, Lonzo's career is probably over. But it's not like AK could just say that because my, you know, he's he's not a monster. Um, The Bulls have to have that sort of vocal support still for a player that they committed to, a player that they sought out aggressively. They wanted Lonzo Ball badly, and they got him. And now, unfortunately for all parties involved, they're in this really messy situation that does not look like it's going to end well for the player or the team, but they have no choice other than to from a PR perspective, spin it as positively as possible while secretly inside closed doors. The Bulls are hopefully making some sort of contingency plan for 
not just, well, you know, we got to, we got to figure out who our starting point guard is to start the season. Cause it won't be Lonzo. Like I hope that they are facing the reality that they're never getting Lonzo minutes ever again. Yeah. It, I mean, that has to be the expectations that Lonzo as a bull is done. It has to be like, you can't, you can't sit there and think that he's coming back next season, even if it you is. want to try to. And yeah, it, it, it is for sure. But like, I don't know. I, I lean, I, I lean a lot towards what Dave is saying. It's just like, like, even though all of his stuff is true and they they qualify and, you know, they meet those terms and stuff like that. I don't know. Like it just, it, it would be, it would be kind of like a, a new precedent for how this team operates. Like Lonzo's going to get his money, but I think they are going to give him every chance possible to see if he can come back on his team and, and play in some form. If not, then, you know, maybe they'll buy him out towards the end, but I don't know. I, I, I don't, I can't see like Lonzo, like, Again, he, he's a young player, and he, he he's gonna. I, I think he is going to get back on the court again at some point. I, I don't see him having like a a long career because of it, unfortunately. But I don't know. It's just a really unfortunate situation all around. I don't think there's a comparison in the Bulls' history. Derrick Rose ACL that was never like career ending. Like it, it said, yeah, you won't be the same player again. But it was like, okay, you can still play basketball. Like, mm-hmm. we've never had this situation. So this is a complete outlier. And I'll, uh, another thing I'll add is the Bulls kind of have a history of being unfair with players in injury. Like, we saw how they treated Luol Dang when he had that shin injury and they released, hey, he's, he's clear to play. Uh, and he wasn't. He shouldn't have played. And luckily, he did get consulting from another physician. And then they they did it with Derek too. Derek uh, didn't want to come back because he wasn't ready to come back. And re- whether yeah. whether he it was the right of Derek to not be good in communication with the Bulls or not, that's that's not relative to him. But they kind of threw Derek under the bus and they said he's cleared to play. And so I mean, they have a reputation of not being really good with injured yeah. players too. Yeah. So and that um, was Derek freaking Rose. Right, right. Chicago's native son. Mm. Champion to Bulls fans everywhere. And they threw him under the bus while he was rehabbing from an injury. And then they traded him. Right. So Lonzo I, I don't Ball think there's eight Derek Rose. Right. Nothing. So I don't think the president. I don't. I don't think there's a comparable, and I don't think there's a situation that the Bulls won't go to uh, if it comes down to the business aspect. But of, I will. I will game. say, I feel like those guys were different hearts with Garpack than it is with AK. I feel like those are different hearts right there. But that's when just I so talk there. About, when Max I talk is about so the there. loyalty and all that stuff, Pax is telling people what dinner is. He ain't doing shit. Uh, when I, when that I talk we know about, of. That we know of. I, Yo, if he was, he'd be involved in the draft. <laughs> like, if he was doing anything, he would have been involved with draft. I don't know, man. I he don't ain't know. Doing nothing, man. Pax is chilling, bro. Yeah. Uh, but, there's Paxian but, things going on still. That's <laughs> all I'll say. Paxian things. If, if, um, I, when I talk about those things, I definitely, when I think of it, I think of like, uh, Matt's guy, Jerry Reinsdorf, when I, when I think of those things. <laughs> Because that's all he's ever been about was that kind never, of loyalty never call him, and never call him that looking anymore. at those kind of things and doing, those, <laughs> doing that kind of stuff. Like he's always been that kind of guy for the team. That's why he, that's one of his 
uh, strengths and weaknesses is the loyalty that he always has towards players or, mm-hmm. or and mm-hmm. towards his staff. No, I would no. very important, very important clarification. Jerry sure. Reinsdorf has always been loyal to management right. and certain coaches and then players from the old days who then became management or coaches, active mm. players. Jerry Reinsdorf has never given a single flying fuck about a Chicago Bulls player wearing his jersey that then and there. And I will proudly stand on that statement. Not no, said you not, 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 do not try to give Hold that up, not, none credit. Of them. Do not try to give that credit so. and human compassion to Jerry freaking that. Reinsdorf. I'm not I giving will, him compassion. I will not let you do that. I told you <laughs> I'd give him to an eight, didn't I? Hey, didn't I tell you I'd give him to an eight? Look at him. Look at him. <laughs> I told you I'd give him to it's an there, eight. Bro, there. Throw the hat, man. Throw the hat. <laughs> I, I should have bet it, man. I should have bet it. I told you. Throw I told the hat. you, dude. I told you it's not hard. It's not so not hard. <laughs> it's so not hard. It's so easy. <laughs> I don't like you. <laughs> you love me, and I love you too. <laughs> it's gonna, it's gonna be interesting to see what happens, though, man. It, it, yeah, it's, a, it's an unfortunate situation, but I don't, I don't know. Like I, I like I think Dave makes really good points here, but. This is a different front office, and maybe they're just kind of like, you know what, we we could go that route, but we wanted this guy here. He worked hard. He's, you know, it's an unfortunate situation. Maybe, you know, we'll we'll just let it go, like you know, whatever, whatever. Unless Reinsdorf is like really pressing about it, then maybe. But he ain't involved with it, like yeah. with the team. Like I don't know. Yeah, I don't see them doing it like that. I really don't. Like, I just don't see them doing it like that at all. Should they? Um, sure. I don't like, I'm okay. I'm not mad if they do, but I just don't see it. Yeah, it, it, make, it makes complete – like, the logic is there. It, it's yeah, just, it makes complete sense. Yeah, like, yeah. basketball-wise, it makes sense. Yeah. Like, all the sense in the world. But, you know, the Bulls are known for doing stuff that don't make sense. <laughs> like, like, they do that. So. <laughs> that too. That too. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. Let's wrap up on this. Obviously, the draft is on Thursday. Mm-hmm. Um, Bulls don't have picks. I mean, there's conversation about trade rumors. We've already talked about those. Um, maybe something could happen in that regard on Thursday. But are you looking forward to anything particular about Thursday? And it doesn't have to necessarily be about the Bulls. It may be some, seeing some thoughts about the Bulls. But in general, what are you guys looking forward to with Thursday as far as the draft is coming up? Are you expecting a busy day on Thursday as far as uh, transactional stuff is going on? Not just players being selected, obviously, but – movement around the league in general. Uh, Dave, I'll let you go first. Uh, what are your thoughts coming up with the draft? I mean, I, I love the NBA draft. I always look forward to it. Um, definitely want to – I'm just looking forward to learning. I lo- That's why I like it so much. Like, players that I might not know about, seeing, you know, what those guys can bring and, you know, deciding if I think that they're on point or not. Um, and then seeing guys where I – I know about and seeing where they fall and where they end up and the situations they get in as far as the team is concerned. Um, I think of Jalen Williams last year, the the first round pick Jalen Williams that went to uh, OKC and, and how into him I was and how much I thought he was really, really good. And when I heard he went to OKC, I was like, oh man, this is a great situation for him. And he had a really awesome season. And I think he's going to have another one uh, coming up again next year. But yeah, I, I look forward to – I'm looking forward to the whole Victor Wimbenyama uh, uh, parade, circus, however you want to call it, that's mm-hmm. that's going to be going on. 
Um, and then when you get to number two, that's where the draft is really going to begin. And I'm, and I'm excited to see that, you know, is it Scoot? Is it Brandon? What's Portland going to do uh, with that pick? Is Dallas going to make a move and trade that, that number 10 pick? Uh, is Orlando going to make a move and, you know, give up those two picks for a player, you know, from another team? Like it's so many other, so many different facets that you can just look at and go to as far as what could happen, man. And I'm, and I'm here for it. And I can't, yeah, I'm excited to watch it. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Matt, how about you? Yeah, I, I mean, my my expectations as a Bulls fan are low. Do I think the Bulls are going to make some big out-of-nowhere trade and knock our socks off with how we perceive that trade to be in the Bulls' favor or at least a good, even trade that we're excited about? No. My, my expectation for something like that happening is next to zero. Um, but I am hoping for and rooting for just chaos, like I, I want a million trades <laughs> that that happen actively as the first round is is happening and teams are on the clock, because that's that's the part of NBA fandom that I think we all love sometimes as much and maybe even more than the games is chaos happening on draft night, chaos happening in the first few hours of free agency, chaos happening at the trade deadline. We want to see crazy, wild, unexpected shit happen. Because it's fun and interesting and new. So I'm rooting for that tomorrow um, while not expecting the Bulls necessarily to be involved in it. Um, and then I also am in a sick, twisted way looking forward to hearing from Arturis Karnaschovas, who is mm. speaking at a press conference at the Advocate Center at the conclusion of the draft. Or, you know, maybe while the second round's still going, we'll see. Um, <laughs> but I'm looking forward to it in the sense that I want answers, damn it. Do I think I'm going to get them? Do I think I'm going to get answers that I'm satisfied with as, as a consumer? No, no, I'm pretty sure we're going to get answers that make me want to like human barbecue myself and run screaming into the advocate center doors. Like, but I'm, <laughs> but I'm still looking forward to it because we need to hear because we, we hear from the people who run this team seldomly, and I was not satisfied with the answers we got when they last spoke at the trade deadline and then at the season-ending press conference. So it's like, I'm guessing it's going to be torture, but I'm looking forward to the torture in a weird way, if that makes sense. Masochist. <laughs> you, know, you know what I, what, what, where I, my, I've gone to every time the last, like, three times when AK has spoken? You know that scene in, uh, have you guys seen uh, – uh, crazy punch drunk love like is that what's called the adam sandler movie yeah. yeah crazy stupid love is this crazy stupid oh, he's talking about punch drunk love if it's punch drunk love was the bad adam sandler like tried to be uh serious oh, it's like a dry film. comedy or whatever but like there, there's a scene in there where he's talking to philip seymour hoffman on the on the phone and Philip Seymour Hoffman just blows up. He's like, shut up, shut up, shut the fuck up. That, that's yeah. me with AK. Listen to AK. I just like, shut the fuck up, dude. Shut up. Stop talking to me right now. That's what I've been like. Like, listening to him the last few times when he's spoken. It's like, especially the last the trade deadline, dude. We, uh, you know, that uh, this was the best team uh, going oh, forward. Like, God. what? What? Jeez. Shut up. Yeah, that was. <laughs> he's that like, was yeah. Yeah, I was so angry. <laughs> that was so right. frustrated. Man, right. Just, and it, it just, that's what you, you get at with it. Like, I don't know. 
But my dog, AK, is still – he in good spirits, man. He got his honorary championship with the Denver Nuggets for building that team. So <laughs> he's, he's not worried about y'all and what y'all think right now. He's celebrating with Mike Malone. They're getting tattoos, man. They're getting it's, tatted. They're getting tatted, man. <laughs> they, they still drinking. It's all good. Like, you know, oh, on, on Matt's, on, on Matt's uh, note with chaos, mm-hmm. our, our good buddy Michael Jordan – controls chaos in this draft if he wants mm, to. yes he does that's a good point. like and, and this is his last uh week or couple of weeks as we is, is, is he officially done as a governor like when does that sale official so, I, I think it ends july 1st so coming up soon but I mean, oh, okay. it's done okay. but this is a draft yeah so he, this is his last hurrah so uh if charlotte wants to get crazy they, they could they could do something. So I I, I want to see I want to see like kind of messed up though if Jordan did that sells the team and then I wanna I wanna I wanna light a bag of shit on fire for the new owner and just throw it and rock. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean there, there, there's been so many rumors, so it's hard to tell what's real and what's not. But yeah, they control everything to chaos. Portland does as well. If Portland wants yeah. to be crazy, they can do something crazy. So let's yeah. see what two and three do, uh, do, because that is really the start of this draft. And um, I, I like, I like the overall experience of just being able to watch it. I, I turned Twitter off because just like watching the draft and seeing it all play out just organically it is so much fun. And it, so ho- hopefully we get one of those experiences. Like I, I remember the uh, was it the 2013 draft when Anthony Bennett went number one, and it just had the randomest order of draft picks, and that was cinema. Like that was so <laughs> much fun. Like you just didn't know what was going to happen, and yeah. it, it was just one unpredictable thing after another after another. Yeah. Such a bad draft in that like top like tennis, but great TV. So. Hope for great CB again. I have no idea what Chicago is going to do. Again, no no expectations at all. So um, surprise me or don't or (laughs) I don't know. But uh, yeah, we'll see. (laughs) I like to see general movement, not with the Bulls necessarily only, but like just it would be nice to see chaos. I would like to see my Shams and Roach notifications is going crazy with trades. Uh, yeah. where I can't keep track of what's going on. And I'm thinking like a certain player is still with a team and I realize, oh, wait, he got traded. What? Uh, you know, like it would be nice to have one of those nights where you're just constantly uh, checking your notifications for that. But yeah. yeah, I mean, the Bulls, they are what they are with right now as far as what we can expect from them. Because yeah, obviously they don't, it is what it is. They don't have picks. Uh, I mean, they've been interviewing prospects all so far all off season. I don't know if it's just because due like diligence. Matt's at the, in Chicago and yeah. Like they obviously due diligence. Um oddly they've been interviewing guys like Brandon Miller and, and Scoot Henderson, which yeah. is like okay. I mean it's not bad to do your due diligence, but it's just kind of interesting as, as I guess hey, if you will. Um let me ask can I I want I want to ask Ed and because I know you're in uh, North Carolina, like who do who do you want to see the Hornets take? I, I I said Scoot because I just think that the dynamic with him and Lamelo would be just so much fun because of the ball handling and the playmaking and shot creation. But it, it seems like the it, it seems like Brandon Miller 
is the most likely right now. And it's because of like just the easy fit where he could slide in at the three and, mm. you know, they just compliments LaMelo a little bit easier without having to have the whole, you know, backcourt of two guards who, and then have to move Rozier too. So yeah, I, I think it's going to be Miller, but school would be great. Um, so I don't know. Like I, I don't if they're just deciding between those two exclusively, then I don't think they can really go that wrong, at least on paper. But given Charlotte's history, who knows? Um <laughs> so maybe there maybe there is an obvious wrong answer here and we just don't know it yet. I say take scoop, bro. Like, yeah, yeah. like I don't want yeah. I don't think they should go for fit. I think they should just go for who they feel is the but, best. But yeah. but, uh, but the thing is, like, like the thing is, Scoot fits with LaMelo. The conversation yeah, like, about Fit is goofy. It's goofy it's because down, he fits though. with LaMelo. He fits with them. And mm-hmm. having that type of backcourt for the next 10 years, it's why would you pass up on that? Does that be a nightmare? See, I'm thinking it's uh, going to be three Dan years, Tano. I think it ain't going to be that long, man, because LaMelo, whenever it's time for LaMelo to get paid, if they feel like he ain't at that level and Scoop is at that same level, they're going to be like, peace. <laughs> like peace out, young Also, in the meantime, on the defensive <laughs> on the defensive side of the court, that is a tiny backcourt. Oh, great point. Jeez, mm. uh, Scoot's like what six three, six four, and he has like a six, seven four. foot wingspan. I think he's he has like, like six, a seven four. foot wingspan. He's, well, he's, he's long. No defense, bro. Lamello yeah, Melo doesn't, but he's like six seven. I mean, these, I mean, that's I mean, that's all relative. You surround them. You surround them with wings that can defend. Fair. Yeah, I'm it. with it. Take Scoot, though. I'm yeah, with Dave. I'm with Dave. I, I, I think you take Scoot, you aim for, for ceiling, but it, it's been – we've seen discussion about that. And then, of course, there was that rumor about, like, Zion for the longest, and that would have been interesting. I mean, I not popular, but uh, Zion for number two or Ingram for number – that would have been really interesting, especially considering Zion is from around here. Like, Salisbury is, like, like 30 miles from Charlotte. So, that, oh, okay. that would have been – if they're uh, if they're cool with getting fifteen games from him a season, then <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, that's the thing. Let's, but let's yeah, that's the thing. but it, I mean, but like but theoretically though, like if you had a if you somehow lucked into changing Zion's outlook on nutrition and all and all of that other stuff, if that happened, then you have a a great player, yeah, an elite, elite basketball player, elite basketball player. someone who player. has a strong opinion on not changing my don't give a fuck about <laughs> nutrition stance that I've held my entire life. Good luck. He really has. Good, good luck yeah. changing you're, you're, change the minds. But you're not a pro athlete. athlete. And, I am not. Say, you don't, not you don't have millions, millions of and, dollars and on the line. Making millions. Matt would put that you down immediately. I promise you, Matt. If you had someone saying, "We'll give you two hundred million dollars," I think you would do it. <laughs> be like, I never liked Dude, steak ever. If, if I if I had to cut out dipped Italian beef sandwiches for my diet for that money, I don't know if I'm doing it. I really don't. Oh, I don't believe you can't that. Be on my team. I don't, I don't believe see, a word of that shit. That, Get I don't off my squad. That. Someone comes in says a contract gives two hundred million dollars. You just you can't eat meat. You kidding, dog? Two hundred million dollars. You can't eat money. You can't eat what? money. <laughs> but you can There's buy that. all the food to you eat can do with that money. money. <laughs> so when you retire, go crazy. <laughs> You'll have mansions you can just spend days in in dark rooms eating tons of meat when you Crying, retire. Crying, thinking about the years I lost <laughs> not eating meat. Listen, I'm about to be thinking the about the years you gained the because you're actually still you here. <laughs> that can make you gourmet 
dishes that don't oh require meat. Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh, he'll be listen. Would be, there's no way be eating fine, and you would be listen, eating fine. Me I say you, this I as a meat eater. Yeah. I say this as a meat eater. <laughs> if you had the money like that, you could hire people to make you things that may, will will substitute for meat just fine, and you would not miss it. And that's the crazy <laughs> part about all that you have. They, he has access to all, all of these players have access to all of these things. True. It's just a matter of it's mental. Do you want to Dirty. do it or yeah. not? Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like the, the, the story that Billy Donovan told about Pat Williams and the chicken parm sandwiches. And right. he was like, right. Pat, you we're like, we're about to have practice. You can't eat six chicken parm sandwiches right now. <laughs> did you guys see those? Not, not to get uh, off topic, but did you guys see those pictures? Uh, they posted uh, him and working out with Demar again. He oh, looks, yeah. he looked yeah. pretty lean, Pat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like he looks leaner than he has looked. At, I feel like so. That's not a bad thing, yeah. I guess. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, want to see. Pick, like I want to see him playing lean yes. and pretty toned. Um, yeah, right. I, I just want you know that like he has the body type structurally, right? To just right. be one of the strongest freaking dudes in the league if he wants yep. to be, right? Yep. And then right, you'll occasionally right. see him body some guy on the court, and you're like, you know, you could do that every time, right? Yep. And it yep. drives you crazy when he doesn't. Yeah. This is just what I want to be there. And I will sit behind the bench right. and yell at him just all day long. All day long, I will do it. I promise. It would be positive, but it would be loud. <laughs> and I will do it all day long, man. Come on. <laughs> no, for sure. Uh, but yeah, let's wrap up. Uh, any final thoughts you guys have about the Bulls or anything else? Um, and obviously, please let us know everything that you're working on. Obviously, we know we can find you at. Everyone should know where they can find you at. If they don't, I don't know what they're doing uh, with their lives. But, uh, yeah, uh, any final thoughts and uh, all yeah, that well, stuff? Um, on, on the topic of the NBA draft, we'll be doing a live show, even knowing that coming into it, the Bulls currently don't have any picks. Uh, but me and Big Dave will be there at our CSGO studios. Thursday night, uh, we'll start our our uh, our live show at seven o'clock on our CHGO Sports YouTube channel. Will the Goat will be there as well uh, with us in studio, and then he's going to hustle over to the Advocate Center to uh, hear what Arturis Karnashovas has to say uh, as the draft concludes. Um, so check us out there if you're a Bulls fan who wants to watch the draft with other Bulls fans and commiserate about the fact that we're just watching other teams make their picks while we have none. <laughs> But tune in also to watch Matt, you know, probably blow his lid and, and maybe I mess with him like I just did here. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, I, and, you know, watch him just go crazy. It's always got me all freaking heated and pissed off. I know. Doing <laughs> our, our buddy Salim and Ed's pod on a Tuesday night. <laughs> I, I told him. I was like, listen, I told him I could do it. <laughs> I was like, I could do it. Got eight for sure. Got to eight for sure. <laughs> got, oh, yeah. Got an eight and a half on that. And, but I, when I saw him getting to a 10, that's why I said, okay, let me stop. Let me stop. Let me stop. No, man. Chill, chill, chill. I'm just joking. Let me chill, 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 chill. But yes, what, what he said, <laughs> check us out for that draft. Uh, also, check us out every day doing CHGO pod. Uh, Matt, myself, uh, Will Gottlieb, and Mark K on Fridays with Will Gottlieb do the Bulls uh, HQ show. And yeah, check us every day. Uh, Celine, thanks for sitting in on Ball on Bulls, sir. Appreciate that. Oh, yeah, for sure. I had fun. It was uh, it was nice yes, to finally uh, meet, you know, kind of meeting D because I've I've heard him on this show right. plenty of times, right. but I never actually uh, 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 had a chance to interact with him. And, no, and it was yes, fun. Sir. Yeah, I, I was really appreciative. I always get 
I always get uh, hyped when I get invites like that to uh, <laughs> support, uh, especially OG pods like that. Like you guys have been around for a minute. It, like man. you, well, like I think you might be like the second oldest Bulls pod. Probably so. Maybe. Yeah, we've been out there, bro. We, yeah, and so, we're gonna keep chugging. We're gonna keep putting them out and, hey. and chugging along as as long as uh you all will allow us to do so. We we gonna, we yeah. gonna keep you keep doing, it, man. You got I love, love it. I love C-Dub. it. That's my guy. Yeah, C Dub. C Dub is funny. I, I like C Dub. He's a he's a good dude. Uh, yeah. But yeah, definitely appreciate. That. Oh, follow uh, us at follow me at Ball Sport B A W L Sports. Follow me at B A W L Sports on Twitter. Ow. Bow in your face. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm bulls. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Matt. Nah, bulls There you go. That's it. That's it. Uh, Ed, any last words, thoughts, wishes? Again, thanks to thanks to Matt and Dave for coming by as usual, man. Uh, this is a lot of fun. Uh, we're on pick watch. That's that's what we're on. So we'll see if that actually results in a in a pick or not. But uh, <laughs> we're, we're on pick watch officially. So. Uh, Let's just see what happens. Let's see what Thursday brings to us. We might, we we might be talking about nothing. We might be talking about a Zach Levine trade. Who knows? But uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. We don't know. Salim, uh, Ed, <laughs> much love to you guys as always. Thank you for having us. Uh, it's an honor right. to be here uh, on y'all's show. Love Bulls Gold. Love what you guys do. And also, right. I you know I know Dave and I greatly appreciate all the support you uh, show us. Love you show us doing our thing over at CHGO. It's much appreciated. Yeah, all with. Like I always say, as much as I physically can support you guys, I will continue to do. Uh, I wish I could do more. If I had, if I didn't have a job, I would just be there all the time. No, you, wouldn't. <laughs> like, you wouldn't, because you won't have a job. You wouldn't be able to get there. <laughs> so, no. I'm glad you have a job, Salim. Please hold on to that. I'm, I'm proud of you. Uh, that's all, you know. That's why I was asking, like the other day, like if you guys had. I didn't know if you guys were doing like a at a bar or like a meetup for fans. Like I come, I love hanging out with you guys. So, uh, but yeah, you know, it, it's all love. It's always love. Uh, you know, regardless of what you know, everyone disagrees on takes and things like that. We don't have to all agree, but it's just. I consider you guys friends and I support friends. That's all I, that's all it's about. So, uh, yeah. Amen to that. Podcast community, man. Stay strong. Always, man. Always collaboration. Always good friendships, man. Appreciate it. Hell yeah. Sure. Uh, But yeah, that's a wrap for today's show. If you missed any previous episodes, you can find us under the Barroom Network on all major and minor podcast platforms. Thank you again to Matt Peck and Big Dave for joining us and to the listeners for tuning in. As always, for Edward Schuler and myself, till next time, Bulls fan. 